Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Spectacular. This is the greatest. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? One week of the NFL playoffs in the books. The Cardinals have a new general manager. No one knows where Sean Payton is going to go. And yes, we have to talk about the Phoenix Suns today. Hi, Vinny. What's up, Vic? What's up, man? Long weekend. All, yeah, all get refreshed. used to these, right? Yeah. 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 Man, we've had a lot of these short weeks recently. I like them. With, with yeah, vacations the, and holidays. Yes. Four-day yes. weeks are uh, they're very they're very civil. Next they're week starts humane. the grind of five five-day weeks. Well, I know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much until the summertime. Yeah, listen, we, we better not start complaining about what we do. That's, that's yeah. That's, no. We've done the sounding like Al uh, Michaels. Oh, oh thank you. Right. No, you guys have and more a energy and charisma than that. Yeah. How I, about that? You want to jump off and start there for a minute because that that was uh that was quite something. People are saying that either Al Michaels needs to give that job up to somebody who cares or he might have bet on the wrong team that night. That's what everybody was speculating. Yeah. In case you missed it, you didn't watch the end of that game, and oh. I will admit, I shut it off and uh, was completely unaware of the outcome until the next morning, so I went back and watched it. I finally got my NFL game pass to work. So oh, good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, here was the final call of Al Michaels. Jacksonville kicking a field goal to complete a 27-point comeback in a playoff game. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. Unbelievable. Uh, that, That is unbelievable. I think it's very fair to speculate That's that Al terrible. McCoy had the Chargers yeah. on the money line. Yeah. Al Michaels, not Al McCoy. I don't think Al McCoy bets. You said Al McCoy. Did I? Yes. Earlier? Oh, sorry. No, just right now. Just, it's, just yeah, now. No, it's good just now. It's just okay. Now? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm already here. We go. <laughs> hey, here we go. No, it's Al okay. Michael. Al Michael. Al Michael. Yeah. Al Mi- very similar name. Yeah. I'm, only, I'm only correcting you because we don't want people to think Al McCoy no. was laying down money on the football game. No. Unless you were. Um, Tell us. <laughs> yeah, listen, that is just weird, isn't it? And where, that's where after the- a full year, basically. And we, I think we from the outside on the quality of the Thursday night games on Amazon, we can make fun of the quality of the games. He's getting paid $11 million to broadcast those oh. games. And every week it was something. New. It's like, all right, move on. And he's 78 years old. And yeah, he's, I, I mean, you can understand, but maybe he was just, uh, you know, a little bit uh, sleepy because he had to share the booth with Tony Dungy. Yeah, another talk about <laughs> lightning in a bottle. Talk about adding yeah, nothing to a yeah, broadcast. Right? Holy moly! Oh my goodness! I've been saying that for years. All right, that's uh, that's a good jumping off point. I, I could not believe we heard that over the weekend. Jared, start the show. 
splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Animal, animal coming, animal coming. The splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. The Arizona Cardinals have their new general manager. They've tabbed 44-year-old Monty Ford to succeed Steve Kime and head up football operations. Ford has 21 years of NFL front office and scouting experience, including 15 with the New England Patriots. And during that span with the Patriots, they won four Super Bowl titles. He spent the last three years as the director of player personnel for the Tennessee Titans. Ford will be formally introduced at a press conference in Tempe this morning at 10 a.m. So there, one box checked. Uh, Michael Bidwell had stated, Bick, hey, I want to get the GM first, then mm-hmm. the coach. That's the order that has been followed, but there are some residual questions. That oh, remain. yeah. Like, the big question is, does this effectively mean the Cardinals are not pursuing Sean Payton? That's the big number one takeaway. I do think that this hire checks a couple of very important boxes, so uh, I'm down with that, but what does it mean in relation to Sean Payton? I think we can all, I think, safely assume it means the Cardinals are out of that game. Even though even though people in New Orleans who cover the Saints say, oh no, Sean Payton would still consider that. You, you gotta wonder about that. I'm not I'm not necessarily there. Okay. I, I, Alright, good. Does it affect things? Probably. Because you have to wonder if there's any sort of relationship between Monty Austin Ford and Sean Payton. Yeah. But and, and there and by all accounts there's not. I mean there's no, no there's no lineage. There is Brian Flores. Yeah. Tons of it. Yeah, there's a, a big time tie there and Brian Flores was linked to the Cardinals last week. So uh, we'll get into that big time today. Super Wild Card Weekend wrapped up with another Monday Night Dud. The Dallas Cowboys took apart the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-14 at Raymond James Stadium. Dak Prescott bounced back from a horrible regular season finale in a big way through for 305 yards and four touchdowns and ran for another score. The only thing that went wrong for Dallas was kicker Brett Maher. Oh, my goodness. Four extra points. On the Dallas's first four touchdowns, Tampa Bay trailed 24-0 before too late. Tom Brady TD passes. Most attempts in a game ever for Tom yeah. Brady. Threw the ball 66 times. But now the speculation gets real thick. Is this it for Tom Brady in Tampa? Is this it for his yes. career? Yes. And Well, the, his career? Man. That'd be quite something if he if he threw away his marriage for that <laughs> season that he just posted. Maybe there was other issues. We don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Maybe yes. the stress from losing all that FTX money. <laughs> Oof. Had something There's to a do lot with of that, isn't yeah. there? Uh, so the slate is set for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs next weekend in the NFC. Top-seeded Philadelphia hosting the New York Giants, mm-hmm. while second-seeded uh, San Francisco plays host of the Cowboys in the AFC. We got number one, Kansas City, taking on Jacksonville. And the second-seeded Buffalo Bills welcome the third-seeded Cincinnati Bengals to Orchard Park. Good yeah, weekend. I've noticed in each of the conferences that one of the uh, conference semifinals is not like the other in each of the conferences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that feeling, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a good year be, to be the number one seed in each conference. That is say true. That. Jim Harbaugh will not be returning to an NFL sideline in 2023, despite widespread interest. Harbaugh heading back to Michigan to coach the Wolverines for a ninth season. 
Harbaugh's coached the uh, the team to a 25 and three record over the last two seasons and consecutive football college football playoff berths. He had interviewed with the Denver Broncos and was listed as a candidate for the Carolina Panthers vacant head coaching position. So that might shake things up. Uh, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud made it official Monday. He's declaring for the NFL draft. He is considered the second best quarterback prospect in this year's class behind Bryce Young of Alabama and USC wide receiver Jordan Addison also headed to the draft. Good. Nobody on ASU has got to try to cover him. Uh, he is a top three wide receiver prospect in this year's class. Uh, the Suns got absolutely smacked in the second half in Memphis last oh. night, losing to the Grizzlies 136-106. to They played well in the first half, trailed by only 368-65, but Memphis took over in the second, outscored uh, Phoenix 68-41 on their way to the win. John Morant had 27 for the Grizzlies, tied a career uh, season high with five three-pointers. Desmond Bain had 28 for Memphis, which won its 10th straight game. Mikel Bridges had 21 for the Suns. Phoenix now in 12th place in the Western Conference at 21 and 24. Yeah, this is uh, yeah relatively concerning. How about DeAndre Ayton and those five rebounds in 30 minutes last night? I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on him. Sure you did. I do. Yeah, no, I actually do. The, the game that he played Friday night had me so mad at him. I was, I was quite literally screaming, screaming. Wait, remind me. Fr- oh, that was the Minnesota oh, yeah. game. That was the turnover game. That was oh here, 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 Tay, here, here. Yeah, it's uh, it's concerning at this point. Suns back home after their one and three road trip. They will host Brooklyn in the start of a five game homestand. Uh, not a lot of shakeup at the top of the AP College basketball rankings this week. The top four: Houston, Kansas, Purdue, and Alabama remain the same. UCLA, which is on a massive winning streak, moved up to number five. Bruins are in Tempe to face the Sun Devils on Thursday. Arizona fell to eleventh after losing at Oregon on Saturday. Has anybody dug wow. her Creesa out of the court uh, at Matthew? <laughs> Night Arena, by the way. Couldn't have happened to a more punchable face. Was that just one of the greatest... Blocking, charging incidents you've oh ever seen. Goodness. Wasn't that one of the greatest things ever? Like you said, couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> Florida Atlantic <laughs> nudged into the poll at 24. First time the Owls have ever been ranked. ASU just outside the top 25. They received 79 points in the uh, rankings. Desmond Cambridge Jr. of the Sun Devils won the tw- Pac-12 Player of the Week award announced on Monday. He averaged 21 points per game in road wins over Oregon and Oregon State over the weekend. Sun Devils 15-3, and 6-1 in the Pac-12. Best conference start since 81. Coyotes, whoo, talk about a team that needs a win. They carry their nine-game losing streak back home with them as they host the Detroit Red Wings at Mullet Arena tonight. Festivities get underway at 7. Pre-game coverage at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. And the Australian Open is underway. The first Grand Slam tournament of the year in tennis. Uh, top seed on the women's side, Iga Sviantek of Poland. Straight sets winner in her first round match against Germany's Jewel Niemeyer. Top seed on the men's side, Rafa Nadal in action in a second round match today against American Mackenzie McDonald. Four seed Novak Djokovic also in action, currently taking on Spain's Roberto Carballo Baena. And then nice. Andy Murray with a big Nicely upset. Done. 13, uh, he upseated 13th seeded Matteo Berrettini in five sets. The first time he's beat a, a, a seeded opponent since 2017 in a grand slam. Ha, have you seen the new tennis reality show, Breakpoint? No. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Where, yeah. where, I think where it's can on I Netflix. see this? It's phenomenal. Really? Yeah, yeah they, just, they just had a big episode on Matteo Berrettini. 
I think it's the same F1 Drive to yeah. Survive crew. Uh-huh. That oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's they, really they good. Gotta check, last year. Yeah. got to check that out. I'm two episodes in. It's Although really I'm a little soured on sports reality shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not through it I'm willing everyone. to give this show a uh-huh. little look-see, I guess. Uh, there's your splash for Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Coming up next... Cardinals go outside the organization to hire a general or manager. Monty Ford is the man. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on this Tuesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata mornings. There were multiple GM openings. Now there is just one. Sources tell me and colleague Tom Pelissero that the Arizona Cardinals are hiring Monty Ossenfort, formerly now from the Tennessee Titans, longtime Patriots staffer, kind of came up in college scouting, was also a, a national scout, was promoted and promoted, eventually went to the Tennessee Titans where he was director of player personnel, really impressed last year on the interview circuit, especially with the Chicago Bears, had a really strong chance there. Ended up staying in Tennessee, interviewed with the Arizona Cardinals, and just a couple minutes ago uh, was informed that he is, in fact, getting the job. So the Arizona Cardinals now hire Monty Ossenfort, a new head man taking over for former general manager Steve Kime. And, of course, the first order of business for Ossenfort and owner Michael Bidwell, hire a coach. See and Rappaport, NFL Network, yesterday talking about the news that broke yesterday afternoon with the Cardinals tabbing their man, Monty Ossenfort. Monty Ossenfort. Monty Ossenfort? <laughs> Couldn't help but think of that. His initials are M.O., and now we get to find oh, out we've what got his M.O. Operandi. is. We've got an M.O. in Arizona. And nobody in the country has more influential Montys than us right we do. here in That's Phoenix. That's a good point. Monty Williams, Monty Ossenfort. Okay, so the Cardinals, what box did they check by hiring Monty Ossenfort? Well, they hired externally, and to me, that was a number one priority about being a serious organization. If you've got a gigantic culture problem, what which the Cardinals quite clearly did. In fact, I think they invented it this past season. Then you've got to bring in somebody from the outside for all sorts of reasons. And so they've checked that box. So is this guy good at what he does? Well, he's put a lot of time in. He put a lot of time in the Patriots organization. He's gotten good reviews. He's kind of been in the cycle the last couple of years. So people have interviewed him and his status has kind of grown. So there's things from the outside to feel good about. And that's about all we can say because anybody who tried to say you have more knowledge than that about Monty Ossenford is lying to you. Yes, absolutely. If I, you know, I, I compiled this list of GM candidates over the you know when Steve Kime and the news broke, and I was like, who's out there? Who are they linked to? So I was making notes on all these guys. If I had heard the name Monty Ossenford before I did that list, mm-hmm. it was by mistake. I, maybe I heard it, maybe I just didn't right. retain it. Right. But I totally agree with you. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm an expert on Monty Ossenford's career, but you hit on the biggest Plus, in all of this, we talked about fresh eyes. You need a different perspective. You can't keep doing the same things the same way and expect different results. So I tip my cap to Michael Bidwell. We will find out what Monty Ford is all about starting today with a press conference at 10. But 
you know, this this needed sweeping change. Mm-hmm. And when you go outside the organization for your first GM hire since 1994 when they handed the keys to Buddy Ryan, that is saying something. That is an admission. Yeah. That is a diagnosis by Michael Bidwell. Look, we got to change the way we're doing mm-hmm. things because what we were doing wasn't working and it blew up in our face this year. I'm all for it. Yeah, I know. Listen, so uh, yeah, I, so I'm I'm kind of excited about the parameters that were used to hire this 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 guy, how it applies to the head coaching position. We're going to get into that. Um, I think we said in real time that in a perfect world, you would want to hire the general manager and then let the general manager hire the head coach. Rely on the GM's instinct, which is exactly his football instinct, which is what you're hiring him to do. So at this point in time, you would think Michael Bidwell would be a good time to kind of step back and tap out and just kind of take on Monty's recommendations. There's a lot of people who think there's an automatic tie to Brian Flores and not just because Brian Flores has got good head coaching experience, real head coaching experience, but he's also he, he's kind of a badass and he knows how to hold players accountable and he's got a history with Monty Ford. and on top of it all, there are people who pointed out that, you know what, this uh, this could be a good thing for the NFL if if the Cardinals who are peripherally, tangentially named in Brian Flores' lawsuit hire Brian Flores and then that lawsuit suddenly goes away for the league. It's the proverbial two redbirds with one stone. Or, See what I did there? Or at least their inclusion in the yeah. lawsuit. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, right. Well, Maybe but, not the rest of the league. Don't you just kind of think that, that at some point, theoretically, Michael Bidwell, if he got along really well with Brian Flores, at some point he'd say, listen, Brian, look, we're getting along fabulously here. This is going to work, but there's just one thing you got to do. You got to drop that lawsuit. It's a bad look. You don't think that'd be? Of course, that'd be part of the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so to me, but but to me, and again, the Brian Flores element. We'll get more into this later, but it, it seems to me to be a, a, a that would be a win win as well. So, I, I just props to Michael Bidwill for actually, you know, getting in his private plane. Or, I'm assuming he went to these candidates and doing the groundwork and doing the groundwork without Steve Kime and hopefully finding the right guy, the guy that can draft. That's what we need. We need somebody who can draft football players. Yes. There are still questions, too. There were only two general manager positions open in the NFL, the Cardinals and the team that Austin Fort came from, the Tennessee Titans. One might say or bring up as a point of contention on this hire, hey, if the Titans had a job open and they had this guy in their own front office, if he's so, so impressive, why did he not get the job there? I don't know. Maybe they wanted to move away from uh, a culture that fell apart under John Robinson, who got, you know, he got an extension and got let go. And the Tennessee Titans absolutely collapsed down the stretch and squandered a a playoff berth. So maybe they were looking for much the same things that the Cardinals were looking for Mm. outside influence. Um, And the other question you kind of brought this up in the splash, too, Bick, was what does this mean now for any Cardinals pursuit of Sean Payton? And I know today's January 17th. Today was that day on the calendar. That was circled. Hey, this is the day teams can actually interview Sean Payton. He's interviewed with like three teams already. The Cardinals uh, might happen this week. And I know the feeling when that news broke yesterday was, okay, good, they got their guy, but they're not getting Sean Payton now. I'm not necessarily there because the Cardinals were very unique in this five-team coaching cycle because they were the only team 
that had the carrot to dangle to a candidate of Sean Payton's quality. Mm -hmm. Hey, you want to take over football operations? You can do that. Sean Payton never really came out and said that publicly. That's what he's looking for. That's what he wanted? Yes. Yeah. Um, So there is that. Um, And again, this was the only team looking for a general manager and a a head coach at the same time. Yeah. And so as a result, then, all the Cardinals have done is level the playing field with all the other teams involved for Sean Yeah, they don't have that carrot to offer anymore. They don't have that carrot to offer anymore. So, yeah, I agree with you. In fact, people who cover the Saints have said the same thing. It's not necessarily a deal breaker. It's something that seemed to set the Cardinals apart, but it's not necessarily a deal breaker. It just feels to me like like it is a deal. Not a deal breaker, but it does. It feels to me like the Cardinals are going to go in a different direction for their head coach. But that just, again, that is just vibe to me. I'm not reporting anything. And maybe we'll find out something today at 10 maybe. o'clock that this link between Austin Fort and Brian Flores is indeed real. Uh, we, we'll, we'll see. I'm curious now what the timetable is because that first domino has fallen. When does Michael Bidwell want to strike? Nobody's hired a head coach yet. Been more than a week. Yeah, it's true. Nobody's hired one yet. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Super wild card weekend is in the books. Was it super? Well, parts of it were. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Great about this, but let's go. You think they're pulling them offside, maybe? maybe. Possibly. Nope, they're going to run a play. Fourth and four, back to throw it out to the left, all alone. Caught at the two, and a walk-in touchdown for C.D. Lamb. How did you not cover the second team All-Pro? Brad Jam on the Cowboys Radio Network. Dak Prescott, one of four touchdown passes. That one goes to C.D. Lamb. 31-14, the final in a game that wasn't really that close. In fact, there seems to be some bubbling news as a result of that game already coming out of Tampa. Uh, Dov Kleiman put it out there that the uh, Bucks are moving on from Byron Leftwich as their offensive coordinator. Oh, that was quick. And that uh, the, the Bucks wanted to move on earlier this year, but Todd Bowles went to bat for, for Byron Leftwich. So it looks like they're making changes on the offensive staff, and they should. There were a couple things that stood out as season-long problems for a couple of playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's offense sucked all year. Yes, and it did. was awful last night yes, and difficult yep. to watch with a lot of talent on it. Yeah. And the Minnesota Vikings defense was terrible all year, and they were terrible again on yeah, Sunday in true. their first round playoff. Yeah, that's, ve- that's very, very true. I think uh, the big takeaway last night is, okay, that that's the Dallas Cowboys team that looks very, very dangerous and has looked dangerous at times to people. And how about the NFC East? The NFC East for being criticized as a division to the to, as much as they were to just kind of, you know, ragdoll everybody in the division, right? Yeah. I mean, three. you have four teams left, and three of them are from that yeah, division. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so, so, so that was one of the takeaways. Is this going to be the end of Tom Brady? He did not look good. That Buccaneers offense didn't look good all year long. That Buccaneers team did not deserve to be anywhere near the playoffs. They won a couple of uh, great escape games in the second half of the season um, that that really were kind of fraudulent. Yes, and, 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 I, and I think they came out on top on, on what people will recognize for years to come, Vic, as the worst division ever in NFL history. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. There wasn't a team that was flat out terrible, but you know, New Orleans, all of them, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay were all yeah. highly flawed football teams. Oh, yeah. 
And and so, you know, it, it was just it was a wild weekend all the way around because it was for a while the Seahawks were playing with the 49ers and then the 49ers do exactly what they do to people. They just put them in a vice grip in the second half. There was that one play. It's 23-17 and a third down play for Seattle. They got the ball. They're on the move and they forced the fumble. And once Bosa jumps on that ball, it was like the 49ers just flipped a switch. Mm-hmm. And they scored often after that. Yeah. Um, I thought that game was a little bit too close for comfort, quite honestly, for, for San Francisco until that point. But they flexed. And then what, what the Chargers Ooh. did. <laughs> Well, and so this is this was the weird this is the weird kind of journey of the weekend. So what the Chargers did blowing a 27 nothing lead the way they did and, and not only was Al Michaels getting a lot of criticism rightfully so for his very lackluster call at the end of the game, but there were a lot of people who on Saturday night said, "Up, oh, there you go. That's where Sean Payton is going." He's going to the Chargers because the Spanos family will not be uh, bringing back. No way will they keep Brandon Staley after this. By Sunday morning, there were a lot of NFL people who kind of must have had some information. Mm-hmm. Came out and said, no, nah, Chargers don't roll like that. They, they were never going to fire Brandon Staley. And so, i.e., they, they are not a team that is going to want to give complete control to somebody. Wait, are they going to fire Joey Bosa? Because he had his fingerprints all over that meltdown. Yeah, well, he had two costly penalties, mm-hmm. including the one that probably made up Doug Peterson's mind to go for two on the on the touchdown that uh, that, that brought them to within two points. Um, there was so much in that game. Oh my goodness! The play call on the fourth down that led to the game-winning field goal by Jacksonville. They call the timeout, and Peterson dials up a play that ETN rips off a 25-yard run. There was such an obvious holding penalty. One of the most obvious holding mm-hmm. penalties of the year that didn't get called on Zay Jones. But mm-hmm. at that point, you can't stop the bleeding if you're the Chargers. Like, it was just going downhill. Oh, it, was, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy that Jacksonville ended up winning that game. I mean, how often do you see a young quarterback win a playoff game after throwing four interceptions in the first half? That never happens. Never. He's uh, Lawrence is just the fifth quarterback to win a playoff game throwing four or more picks in a game. The last guy to do it was Russell Wilson in 2015. Mm-hmm. The others, Joe Ferguson, George Blanda, and Bobby Lane. Wow. <laughs> so and the, and then they then, were minus five yeah. in turnovers. Right. Right. And then the, the even the Bills Dolphins game was nutty for a while. That, that was 17 zip, and then boom, it turned like that. It did, and uh, I think Buffalo's got to feel real fortunate that they got to go up against the third-string quarterback. Skyler Thompson gave it everything he had. His numbers were not good, but they put up 31 points on Buffalo with Skyler Thompson at mm-hmm. quarterback. And you're playing a you're playing Teddy Bridgewater. You probably lose that game. Although there was a lot of clock mismanagement in that game. Unbelievable. I mean, Mike McDaniel so choked on that fourth and one call. So choked on that. Oh, and there's a video of him almost choking on a vape pen. Also, while he's uh, it, calling the plays. If you yeah, saw now, that, are, are, are we sure that. he wasn't blowing heat into his hands? I don't know what that was, but it, they, they, it, it was definitely. It looked vapeish. Well, it did look. Yeah, I agree. It did look By the vapeish. Way, but you can't just accuse somebody of that on the radio. That Jared. was the longest. So, not illegal. <laughs> what accusing or vaping? No, vaping's not. I'm not Either saying one. it was vaping, vaping in a stadium. I think it is illegal. I don't think you can vape in a stadium. 
Hmm. You don't think any of those Buffalo fans were partaking? <laughs> they were just cold. Yeah, I yeah, got the new right. Buffalo chicken wing cartridge. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. <laughs> that game, I've never watched a portion of a game and it bled on to the, through the second half. The last two minutes of that game, two and a half minutes of the first half of that game, mm-hmm. I want to go back and actually study. It was probably 45 minutes of real time. It dragged. That was almost oh. a four-hour football game. Yeah, and the game the game after that, they pushed back by 20 minutes because of that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I that, the pace of that game was unlike anything I've seen. That was like a baseball playoff game. And then the, the night game on Sunday, Bengals getting past the Baltimore Ravens, another team playing with a backup quarterback, and... That Another play, team that probably would have lost if they had their regular yeah. yeah, I mean, people are talking about J.K. Dobbins saying, hey, if we would have had Lamar, we, w- we would have won the game. He's right. He's right. Mm-hmm. The Bengals kept the door open. They're all beat up on the offensive line. But that play, tell me you didn't have flashbacks to the Cardinals-Steelers Super Bowl when you see Sam Hubbard oh, running yeah. down the you know, oh, picking yeah. up a fumble at the two-yard line and returning at 98 yards. Yeah. Well, I, and I, and again, I think this is part of what the NFL's worst nightmare is, is these high-leverage playoff games populated with backup quarterbacks. It's just not good for anybody. No. Which is why, for people who like what Miami did, it, it's good that these teams are not able to pull off the upsets because the last thing you want is... Those, backup, yeah. those backups prolonged right. into the postseason. Yes, getting another round in another game. Yeah, when when the NFL is forced into scenarios like that and individual teams are, they're hoping, hey, I hope these guys don't stink it up too bad, but they lose and we can get the you know the, the marquee players on the field, and I think they've got that going into the divisional weekend. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a, a, a really bad. entertaining Good. week. Last yes. night, a second straight year of this Monday night playoff and, and both of those games, the Cardinals-Rams last year was a terrible football game and, and so was last night. Mm-hmm. That was that was hard to watch. Even the, the Brett Maher stuff was, was hard to watch. When you see a guy just melt down like that, yeah. that's difficult to watch. Oh, yeah. No, listen, you, you miss four extra points in a row and you're watching your career just fizzle. In in front of you on national television. Here's a Jerry, yeah, that was painful. Jerry Jones' reaction to that. I uh, was worried about what those extra points might do toward winning this game, and when I got by that, then I'm not gonna worry about him anymore. Will you look at kickers this week, Jerry? Will you look at some kickers no. this week? No, we won't. We just uh, uh, he's uh, he's done enough good ones, and uh, uh, I don't think he's. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, blowing the socket or whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck your finger in the wrong hole. I don't know. Four extra points. He might have blown the socket there, Jer. And you get away with it when you win by 17 points. But if you're in a high leverage uh-huh. situation this week uh-huh. against uh-huh. Philly, you're going to rely on that uh-huh. guy for a big kick. Oof. What if just you know? What if Tampa had come back and won that game by a field goal, oh. and you had four? Extra points missed. I thought about that early after the first couple, but then you're like, this Tampa Bay offense can't ge- generate yeah. anything. Well, that's true. <laughs> there is that. The countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun. A Bud Light FanDuel and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. Register and listen for your name. Starting on February 6th, 
You could score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events. FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, it looked okay for a half, but that second half last night in Memphis, a disaster for the Suns. We'll get into their latest loss straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley, Vince Morata. Pickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big first quarter. Um, you know, it, it is part of where we are. You know, I'm, bring, I'm bringing in guys who aren't used to scoring at the level that we need in the second unit. Uh, put Saban in a tough spot, but I thought he handled it well. Um, you know, Landry is on a minute restriction, so it's hard to get him back out there. But D. Lee was a bit off tonight. I don't suspect he'll shoot the ball like that. Um, so it, it, there's a number of things. And then they play good defense. Um, they, they put their hands on us a ton. And uh, they topped us when we were trying to come out of the corners and we didn't counter it well. Um, when we did and played with pace and countered, we just couldn't make the shot consistently enough to set our defense and it, at least give us a chance to keep them out of transition. It's Monty Williams. After a 30-point loss by the Suns in Memphis last night, they were down by only three at half. Most points given up in a game this season by the Suns. You heard Monty reference the, the fast start in the first quarter, and they did have a good start. They hit their first six shots, Bick, and then they shot under 40% the rest of the game. As the game wore on, the Suns wore down. They shot 68% in the first quarter, 45 in the second, 38 in the third, and 28 in the fourth. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't want to get too concerned, but we're getting to the point where you have to be concerned because this is what it looks like when you're putting second and third stringers out there Without a doubt. against teams who are put together. And we're seeing it on a night-in, night-out basis with, with the Suns. Mm-hmm. I, I did a little research on this last night. After remember the Suns beating up on San Antonio in a game where they looked like they could have won by a hundred. Yes, one thirty three to ninety five. That was December fourth. They were sixteen and seven. They're five and seventeen since then. In those seventeen losses, mm-hmm. listen to some of these deficits they've had during games. They lost to Dallas. They led by twenty seven. They lost to Boston. They lost. They were trailing at one point by forty five. In a loss to Memphis that they lost by twenty five, they trailed by thirty four. They trailed by thirty two at New York, thirty two at Denver, and thirty six last night. Yeah. My concern is now, like these guys that are that are being forced into action, Bick. They are giving it what they have. They're not equipped to deal with it, like I said. But the the, the ramifications psychologically of just getting your brains oh, beat in every agree. night, this is not good. No, I completely agree with that. And one of the real alarming things about the season, it's not just the sub-500 record, 21 and 24. We get that, and I think that you know reasonable people might go, okay, there, there are injuries and, and, and alibis for this. Some of these games have just been boat races. Mm-hmm. I mean, embarrassing kind of deficits. The amount of embarrassing embarrassment this team has played on nationally televised games oof can you if you think we're concerned about the suns can you imagine watching them elsewhere uh, seriously they've been they've been housed almost every time in the last 5 6 national tv appearances yes 
Uh, yeah, Vinny, I agree with you. I, I think the when you talk about a winning culture, it's it's one thing to lose games because you don't have enough talent. But when you start being non-competitive and getting work like this, I worry about it, too. I do. Yeah, like everybody's like the strategy seems to be, OK, let's wait two more weeks until everybody's healthy and then we'll give it a go in a tightly bunched Western Conference. You better get red hot. Mm-hmm. You better hope from an MVP turn by Devin Booker to get you back into a, a, a favorable playoff. Yeah. Or otherwise, this is a, a lost season. And, and I know now you you got the window open for trades. That's not going to happen. This Jay Crowder thing that happened late last week with him talking about being pushed out the door, it just it, it adds to the frustration. It does. Um, again, I, I still I, I don't understand the stance from either party. In all of this, Jay Crowder using language like he was pushed out the door. What does that exactly mean? Uh, Were you told you're going to have a diminished role? It doesn't seem like the Phoenix Suns coaching staff, which has been called into question by by Jay Crowder, is the type of the type of staff that would have a vendetta against no. a single player, especially when Jay Crowder was leaned on so heavily for Listen, two years. And again, and I, I said this about Monty in reference to DeAndre Ayton when they came to camp, and and Da was astounded at the brusque treatment from his head coach. I thought this is odd. Monty is a man of deep spiritual faith. He believes in the tenet of forgiveness of all people. He forgave the woman who killed his wife in an automobile accident. Mm-hmm. Famously in a eulogy forgave her in an act of Christianity that blew people's minds. If there's ever a reasonable moderate man to repair relationships, it's this guy. And yet he chose not to do it with DA and they've chose to take this real hardline stance against uh, Jay Crowder. I'm with you. So when we left the air on Friday, we had talked about the Jay Crowder reaction to all of this and we tried to make sense of it. Monty was asked later that day because the Suns had a game Friday night about it and they just danced around the issue again and if if ever there was a time when the organization would be very um, uh, very much absolved from saying okay you know what we've had about enough of this and and here is why we're uh, doing what we're doing I just again but, I, but, I I struggle but, with this I struggle with this more than ever before with the Cardinals and the Suns and what what do they think their fans have a right to know But again this one's a little bit different and I'm not absolving the Suns completely completely because I have frustration with their stance as well but the question of is somebody holding this up Are there too many chefs in the kitchen right now why does a guy who's been basically exiled from the league have the ultimate power to sign off on a deal yes. when he's not going to be the owner of this yes. team probably in four more weeks? Right. Uh, uh, yes. And and why why do we hear Brian Windhorst say that the situation with Phoenix is as weird or as different as he's ever seen in the NBA, and yet everybody here is denying it? It is very strange. And... You know, the frustrations with some of the... Landry Shamit came back from an injury. He's immediately thrust back into the starting lineup. Struggled, played 25 minutes. You heard Monty say he was on a minute restriction. Dwayne Washington Jr., he's not a perfect player. <laughs> he's got a lot of, of warts on his game, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to playmaking and, and, and turnovers. But a guy that can put the ball in the hole, he didn't get off the, off the bench last yeah. night. I just uh, I don't understand why 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 if Robert Sarver is effectively holding up trades why is Sam Garvin covering for him why is James Jones covering for him? 
I don't get that. I get why Sam Garvin would be. I guess. I don't. They're I, all getting paid on the way out. Yeah. I mean, and Sam Garvin was a lieutenant under under Robert Sarver. I, I it, That's the only explanation to hold on to yeah. a, a, an asset like Jay Crowder to this point where you're so desperate to find healthy bodies to put out on the floor. And they got another injury last night with Josh Okogie getting elbowed in the face by his own player. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we're, we're past the point of laughability there with the, the, the luck they're having on the injury front. But the only explanation not to move a Jay Crowder just to get something in here is that it's being held up. That that's right. the way I see it. Yes, that's uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because people are telling Brian Windhorst things, and he's reporting things, and and, and the inactivity of the Suns is illogical. I, I mean, James Jones played the game. He knows the effect that these embarrassing. Blowout losses can have on a locker room. He knows what it's like when a basketball team is crying for reinforcements. He knows what that's like, and he's doing nothing. And in the modern NBA, if you're just waiting for your team to be 100% healthy, you're going to wait the whole season. Yeah, you're waiting for something that hasn't been the case all season long. When have they been 100% healthy? Yeah. Cam Johnson played in eight games. And listen, DeAndre Ayton, he's trade eligible. He was not trade eligible the last time we broadcast. Now he is, for what it's worth. But his game on Friday night just it had me livid. DeAndre Ayton's not going anywhere. Who's gonna, who would trade for him? I mean, the way he's played recently, <laughs> it, it, it's frustrating. And Friday night was certainly an example of that. Um, last night, people will point at the five rebounds. There's a lot of reasons why the Suns are losing games. It's not all on DeAndre no, Ayton, but No, it's not. He's one of them. Yeah, but he's one of the guys capable of lifting this team, and he won't do it. And that's why I'm angry at well, him. I think what, and the lack of effort, getting the ball knocked loose and just watching it. I think what, what this stretch has told us is, and, and when Book went down and then when Chris Paul went down and you don't have Cam Johnson, the refrain was, you know, oh, we need more from Mikel Bridges. We need more from DeAndre Ayton. They're not capable of being the guys that the offense is, is based around. It, it, I think that's the harsh reality of all this. Yeah. When they are complementary third and fourth pieces in the offense, things look pretty good. Yeah, and I think people said Friday night's game from DA, what was he, 5 of 18 from the field? Yeah. He said that if for the people who wished for the offense to go through DA, careful what you wish for because that's what the game might look like. That's what the Suns' offense might look like. Well, the touch looked better last night, but um, yeah. But still, five it, rebounds in 30 minutes. Well, the opponent's got to miss shots for rebounds to be available, too. <laughs> and there was a stretch. I could have sworn Memphis hit about 20 shots in a row, one uh-huh. stretch in the second half. But, okay. yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And, and when we're sitting here and just counting on patience and guys healing, that makes it even more frustrating. But maybe some help on the way now that this uh, this road trip right. is over. Please, yeah. One piece yeah. at a time. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, the Cardinals hire a GM from outside the organization. Monty Fort will be introduced today. We'll get into some of the pros and some of the questions next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.